guys are doing well. This episode is going to be about what the heck is going on in the market right now. Uh, let's just dive right into it. So if you're not really too familiar, right, and, and you could be missing this depending on how your portfolio is situated, uh, you might not realize anything. Like if you're entirely in, in you know, index-based funds, you don't know what the heck's going on, period. Um, for example, the SPY is only a couple percentage points off its highs. Same with the NASDAQ. Nothing's really going on there. If you own some small cap, then you definitely feel it. But uh, there is actually a bear market going on, a humongous one at that, amidst this longer-term bull market. And it's very unique because there's such disparity and so much of the names that we loved so much and, and cared for are really taking it on the chin right now. So let me just actually pull up my list here and go through um, some names that people know and love and have been long-term winners, mind you, but are just in the dumps. Um, C3AI is 84% down from all, from a 52-week high. Appian down 74%. Zoom Video down 59%. Ring Central down 55%, uh, DocuSign down 54.3%, uh, UiPath down 50% from highs. That's a recent IPO. Toast, another recent IPO, down 48% from highs. Twilio um, down 45%. Sentinel One down 43%. These are all from 52-week highs. Zendesk down 41%. Splunk down 39%. Monday.com 36%. DigitalOcean down 36%. CrowdStrike, the you know the cybersecurity name we all know. And, and many institutions own down 35% from highs. Cloudflare flared down 33.3%. Um, names like Carvana down 30%. Scalar down 27%. I mean, that's just as it relates to software as a service, which has been one of the names hit hardest because of the high multiples they trade at. Um, you do have a lot of small cap names, uh, regardless of their... Uh, respective industries also trading down really, really far off highs. Um, you definitely have your Palantirs and the like also getting murked along with Fubo and many, many names out there. Uh, many re heavily owned retail names and as well as many heavily owned institutional names. Um, but what they all have in common is they are less profitable, less cash flow producing, higher revenue multiple, higher growth names. And I'm going to break down exactly what is going on here that you're seeing companies down as much as 84% from highs. I mean, that is a crash, all right? Um, some of which is, is justified, some not so much. So it's really been, guys, a perfect concoction of a multitude of reasons why we're seeing this risk-off uh, strategy being deployed right now. Uh, because these have been long, long-term winners. So it's kind of crazy for people to see such a sudden turn so quickly. Um, let's go through the reasons. I didn't put them, like the first one, one or two is the main reasons, but I didn't, I didn't put them after that in order. Uh, so guys, right off the bat, let's just call it what it is, the Fed taper, okay? The Fed's going to be reducing the amount of, of assets they're purchasing every single month, Okay of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, that's going to be tapered and eventually come to an end sometime middle of next year. And with that is also going to be an increase in interest rates, okay? Right now, you have some banks expecting three or four 
I'm more of the mindset it's going to be around two hikes next year, but there are consensus amongst some institutions it's going to be three or four rate hikes next year. So when you see a rate hike environment like this, generally there is some jitters, right, around these high multiple names because you're discounting the cash flows now at a higher weighted average cost of capital. So they are with this long duration, they're, they're more prone to being and more susceptible to being, you know, bigger drawdowns as opposed to companies that are very rich in cash flow today. You know, that is why you're seeing companies like Apple, like Microsoft, like Nvidia, like Google that are hanging, you know, tough as nails, making all time highs because in essence, they have become the new safe haven, okay? It's not gold anymore. I mean, this is the perfect environment, without trying to get too off topic, for gold to thrive, and it's just not. The new safe haven has and still continues to be the Microsofts, the Apples, the Fangs, honestly, but specifically, especially Microsoft and Apple and Google. That's for sure. Um and as these rate hikes increase, people are a little unsure of what's going on with these companies and their ability to raise capital and at what rate they'll raise the capital at. You know, liquidity comes into the mix as well and you know, is how, how available is it going to be for them. I don't find that to be too much of a risk. But these are all the things that go on in people's minds and they run to safety. And safety has been these mega, mega, mega cap names like I just mentioned. So... Uh, the Fed taper and the increasing rates is no doubt the main reason behind this humongous pull down in these once beloved names. Um, then we throw in this is all within months of weeks of each other, rather. Uh, you have Omicron and the lockdowns we're seeing in certain countries. Okay, so now people are concerned about uh, GDP. I know uh, Goldman already cut their GDP forecast for the year on on the Omicron. Um, a breakout, if you want to call it a breakout, all right, the Omicron appearance, I should say. So Goldman already cut their their GDP forecast, but they're not cutting their rate hike uh, forecast. So you don't want to really see you know slower growth and higher rates, right? Um, so that's a bad mix right there. Then you have the debt ceiling, right? Because they only postponed that to to eventually work on it again. Then you have geo geopolitical tensions with Russia and Ukraine and. Uh, China with the Beijing Olympics and whatnot. And you have the weak jobs report that came out, right? 210,000 jobs created versus 535,000 expected. And that was before Omicron really even hit the headlines. So now we got to get worried about what does December's report look like? What does January's report look like? While I personally don't find Omicron to be a threat, I mean, perception is reality, right? So let's see how that goes. So that's a, that's a problem for people. On top of that, now you have tax loss harvesting. So if you do have losers and many of these names just switch deep into the red for the year, people want to offset some capital gains. So they're selling the losers before the year's over. Um, on top of that, now you have CEOs on the other side selling their shares because of increases in capital gains that are coming for next year that they want to avoid. So now they're selling some winners. So you got people selling winners. You got people selling losers. Okay. Then you play into the fact of how heavily, um, margin, uh, how much margins in the market right now, okay. How heavily levered, uh, investors are today. So that plays into the expedited sell-off, the continued sell-off that sometimes picks up an acceleration because people have have to meet their margin requirements. Um, I actually believe part of the pullback in crypto that we saw was to cover some of those margin calls. That's just I don't have facts behind that. That's just my personal opinion. 
Then you have the Build Back Better plan, which is, uh, to my knowledge, has not been fully signed yet. That's still going through its hiccups and whatnot. Um, then we had, uh, at the at one point, we had Fed uncertainty of who's going to be the chair, right? It was going to be Bernard or it was going to be Powell. We didn't know it was Powell, but that was um, up in the air for a while. There's about one point of 40% probability that was not going to be Powell. Um, so there was still a decent amount of probability there uh, that, you know, Jerome was going to be taken out. And we don't know. That's, un- that's a-, a lot of uncertainty. Now, when the markets hit uncertainty, they slashed they, they slash their freaking holdings. They, they pound the sell button. Okay, then we had point number 11 here. Diddy decides that they want to delist from the New York Stock Exchange. So that makes people worried about relations with China. All right. And then uh, to top it all off, you have Mexico considering suing the U.S. over EV tax credits. So you had just this is all within what? Four, five, six weeks. This is insanity. This is insanity. So. Of course, you're going to see some of these more speculative names, these smaller cap names, these higher multiple, less profitable names sell off. My whole thing here, guys, is um, is there opportunity now, right? And I run plenty of models. You guys know I'm a long-term investor. I'm a model kind of guy. I like my charts here and there to best time entries. But when it comes to uh, you know finding intrinsic value, that's my bread and butter. That's why I like to... To really dig in and um you know it's just it's very rare you see this kind of uh dispersion amongst names right it's it's not too often usually everything moves in tandem with one another but this is a very concentrated uh sell-off and i am now starting to be a heavy buyer in it i've always been trickling my my purchases and some other names i've been building up throughout the entire year but even the group chat knows, like over the last week or two, like the Friday um, after Thanksgiving and then uh, the Thursday and Friday of last week. And then today, I'm doing this Monday night, December 7th. I've been buying. So these four days in particular. So what is that? That's I've been buying hard here uh, Friday, November 26th, December 2nd, December 3rd. And now again here. I'm sorry, this is uh, December uh, 6th. I've also been buying Monday and then Tuesday the 7th. Excuse me, I spoke, I, I misspoke there. It's been a lot of uh, a lot of work getting done. Um, but, uh, oh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> the clock just changed. I'm doing this at midnight. The clock just changed to the 7th. So, guys, I've been, <laughs> oh, my God, I am so messed up right now. So, look, I've been buying on uh this over the last few days, okay. Specifically, I've been I've been buying hard. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, regardless, though, guys, okay. Let's talk about some more facts and figures because you guys know I like that. Over the last six months, okay, Microsoft, Nvidia, Apple, and Google have generated seventy percent of the returns in the S and P five hundred. That that is as top heavy as it gets, guys. Okay, that's that just goes to show that while the market does look like it's just firing away. There is some crumbling going on behind the scenes, uh, and that's what I just pretty much told you about with all those names pulling back as hard as they have. You also have 66% of the NASDAQ in a bear market, which means it's down 20% from highs. You have 35% of the names in the NASDAQ down more than 50%. That's crazy. And now only 40% of the S&P 500, the stocks in the S&P 500, trade, are trading over the 200-day moving average. Wild. Absolutely insanity. So... These are things I really wanted to bring to light for you guys. 
Now, what I want you all to be careful about, all right, is you've been seeing names like DocuSign get absolutely ripped to shreds. You've been seeing so many companies, right? I believe Coupa Software just reported after the bell today. They got waxed, um, and the list really goes on. Asana got hosed. I mean, so many companies just reporting and... The thing is, you might be saying to yourself, well, hey, they're reporting a beat on revenue, a beat on earnings, a beat on guidance. You guys have to understand, some of these names have been trading 70, 80, 90 times sales, guys. You cannot just beat, beat, and beat. It's got to be blown out expectations because even when I run my models, all right, these price targets before the pullback, even now on some of these, after the pullback, they're still above my my fair value uh scenarios uh but let's just rewind to before this pullback you absolutely need to crush it i mean beyond all measures you need to and on almost every line item you cannot show too much cash flow burn because people get worried about dilution you can't show gross margins are contracting because then people worry about your free cash flow generation in the future and how scalable your business is okay what your operating leverage is you have to make sure that um you know, your revenue that you're driving in at least is above your, you know, your growth and your cost of marketing, your sales and marketing, because people go and say, hey, listen, yeah, you agree your revenue is 100% year over year, but you also spend 150% on marketing. Uh, so how good really can you generate growth if you're spending $1.50 just to bring in a dollar revenue? Um, so there are so many metrics that you need to watch. And there's no room for, for error because of the astronomical valuation that they trade at okay sentinel one is is a name i i bring a lot of focus on it's a cybersecurity company and uh they have now pulled back here uh 43 from its 52 week high and guess what it's still trading at 32 times next sales all right uh that's that's remarkable that's remarkable i'm talking 2022 sales i'm not talking about this year's sales or anything like that so um before that it was trading much much higher okay almost, you know, six in the mid 60s. That's heavy. And what we're seeing also is, especially with a name like DocuSign and and uh, Zoom is another one. And I, I brought Zoom to light uh, on the last podcast when I was critiquing uh, ArcK. I'm like, why is Kathy owning this name? Like the growth is going to slow down significantly and you cannot justify this current price to sales ratio. You can't. Uh, there's not much of like a great moat. It's, you know, you look at what Microsoft can do to enter the space and many others and I just didn't see the reasoning behind the the valuation, why she owned it. And that's one name specifically. But DocuSign is another. These were names that are having tough year-over-year comps because they were propelled by the pandemic. And if you're trading what I've seen, you know, 30, 40 times sales and your revenue is starting to come down to 30% year-over-year growth, you better be generating some insane free cash flow and profitability to really make up for that slowdown in growth. Otherwise, you're going to get slashed. Take a look at Peloton. Take a look at Teladoc. The names go on and on and on. I, I'm not saying these are not great companies, um, but and they're not even. They're also phenomenal earnings reports. These companies are growing great. They're gaining market share, but it's it's already been priced into perfection, and that's been the problem. So now, if you're a long-term investor like I am, you are licking your chops right now on some of these names, right? And I'm not going to go ahead and say which names because, again, it'd be a disservice to my group chat, but I am starting to buy, all right? And it's very nice to see because 
uh, I've been shopping around more so small cap names for the last six to nine months, right? Um, but now I'm starting to see some real big opportunity in large and mega cap uh, because very rarely do you find a large and mega cap stock pull back 40 to 50 percent without the entire economy, you know, crashing. You know, this is essentially a March 2020 without the uncertainty of a March 2020. Okay. And don't think, guys, that you can't have positive stock returns in an increasing rate environment. That's not true at all. I mean, from November 2015 to February 2019, the market gave you an excess of 30% gains when uh, the Fed hiked uh, tremendously. Okay. Same uh, for 2004 to 2006. The market also gave positive gains there when, when rates were rising. So uh, that's not something I'm concerned about myself either because I'm so fo focused on the long-term game. So I see opportunity here. I'm looking at a healthy blend. I'm st Look, if let me put it to you this way so I can at least give you guys a little bit of uh, more color and a little more value here. If a stock is pulled back 50% uh, from its highs or in some cases like 80-something percent from its highs, okay, um, and it's still trading over 25 times sales, it's not happening. I'm not pulling the trigger. And even that is is a stretch, all right? Because it still means it's expensive and it could still get, you know, priced down even, even more so. Like, for example, Cloudflare is down 34% from highs. It's still trading at 53 times next year sales. You're not gonna ever see me own this name. A phenomenal company. I tip my hat, missed the boat. Even on this pullback, I'm just not gonna buy the name. Okay, I've done models. It's just not worth it. The risk reward is not there, even on this pullback. All right. But when you look across uh, a sweeping group of names that are now trading at seven times, nine times, 10 times sales, right? And there's good free cash flow there, good gross margins, there's a moat, there's big institutional ownership. Now you have my attention. Now I'm really considering it. Um, you know, there's. There's names on my watch list that I, I want to buy but still aren't ready yet, like UiPath. You know, great 50% pullback. Um, for this name specifically, my model shows fair values right here, like 44, 45. That's where the stock is right now. But I want something below fair value that I can really scoop up that provides more of that um, upside that I'm looking for. Uh, so, because we don't know if this is exactly done. It, if you look at November of 2015, leading up into the, the, the beginning of the rate hikes, there was some market turmoil there. Uh, you know, people get nervous, man. It's it's the beginning of a new, you know, period in uh, with the Fed and and what they do with with monetary policy. So it's it's brand new, and you're gonna see people get nervous. When people get nervous, they they let go of their holdings and they go to something safer. Uh, and that has been the Apples and the Microsofts, which mind you are still not bad investments. They're just not gonna be life changing investments. I've done a podcast on that. Like if you're a younger younger investor. You know, that's not going to be what, you know, changes your life to the point where, hey, you know, you went from rags to riches. It's not like that. Those are stable names, going to be great dividend names, going to give you good returns in the market, but it's not going to be anything that you make another 10x on or anything like that, at least not for this decade. I can tell you that much. Um, so, guys, this is what's going on in the market right now. Um, I, I think this, there's some there's some buying of dips that should be happening now. Don't go all in one shot, but start, you know, nibbling, dollar cost averaging. Um, and I think over the long term, you're going to be more than fine. Uh, a lot of these 
issues are starting to curtail. Like we're starting to see, like Fauci said today, uh, Omicron looks encouraging. Like we all didn't know that already. Um, let me see what else. I mean, you got, uh, you know, the tax loss harvesting eventually is going to come to an end. Uh, the debt ceiling has been worked on and it's being taken care of. Uh, now that we're starting to see some stability, that'll be a less impact on, on the margin calls. Uh, the Fed chair and who's going to be it is, is no longer an issue. We know it's going to be Powell, so that's that's good to know. Um, and so on and so forth. You know, it's, it's just been a whole cluster of so many things combined with earnings reports. And it's just been mayhem. And, and people are just trying to re-rate and re-allocate their risks and portfolios respectively. So, guys, uh, if you're in on these names, stay relaxed, stay calm. Uh, but just because you see a 50% dip, an 80% dip does not mean it's a great company and a great buy. Okay, that's that's not what it means. And if you tuned in on my last stream, I did talk about how um, I personally would be avoiding short-term options here because there's still so much uncertainty and we, you never know how long it can last. I mean, this, this could easily last for the, the rest of the month. You never know. But I, I would definitely lean on the side of at least longer term options, maybe work some spreads there. And then of course you can never go wrong with stock, which is what I've been favoring more so the last two weeks. I just want to build up my stock positions. My cash position in the portfolio has always been around like 12 to 14% throughout the entire year. I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm looking for dips to buy and I'm trying to see. And I think I finally got my, my moment here and I'm not letting it go to waste. So the dip buying has begun. I turned on the gas a little bit more today, all right? Uh, but it did start that Friday after Thanksgiving. My bad on messing up the dates. The whole midnight thing threw me off. So, guys, I hope you found value in this podcast. Um, if you are considering uh, subscribing, please reach out to me. If you're a student, definitely hook you up with a discount. Recent grad, vet, I want to help you out. Um Look, inflation might be, you know, rising, but my prices have been staying the same. So you don't got to worry about nothing like that. Uh, but if you are interested in the names I'm buying and how I'm allocating my portfolio, you're interested in my models and things of that nature, please come on through. Love to have you. Guys, if you have any questions, concerns, any podcast ideas, throw them my way. As I said, I'm trying to get more out here with the, with the podcast. I'm doing TikToks now and I'm trying to get with the times, guys. So Amongst all the modeling and all the research reports and all the people to attend to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my absolute best. So, guys, it helps if you have ideas for me to, to put out for you all for the content. So, let me know. Thank you all for tuning in. Catch you on the next podcast.